Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We are glad that you're here. You just saw the promo for our Christmas Eve services, and on the front of your program, everybody take those out. On the front of your program, there is a card there. You see that card? What does it say on that card? Everybody read it out loud. You ready? One, two, three. Get your selfie in church. I thought that's pretty cool right there. We got creative people around here. And so we're having those services. We're having a Christmas Eve Eve service, right? So those of you that have to go out of town for family on Christmas Eve, you can come be a part of that. And then we're having three services on Christmas Eve. We want you to invite someone to come. And we're focusing on this because uh, on the, the Sunday after Christmas, we're actually going to ask everybody to watch online. Uh, I'll be doing a message that will go online. We're going to ask everybody to watch that. So I want you to come to those Christmas Eve Eve service or Christmas Eve. All right. Well, let's get started because I am so excited about sharing with you today. Um, I want to welcome all those that are watching online as well. It's great that you are with us today. You know, would you agree with me that the greatest stress in life is relationship stress? Would you agree with that? I mean, isn't it amazing? You could have money in the bank, you could have everything you need, and then something go wrong in your relationships, whether it be a friend, whether it be, uh, you know, a parent, or whether it be with a child or with a spouse. When you got relationship problems, you got problems. And you're not happy. You can have all the things that everybody thinks you, you know, would make you happy, but if, if it's not right there, then there's problems. And so I want to share this with you. Today we're going to start talking about the Christmas story. But you know what is amazing about this Christmas story? Is it is so true is because, you know, the greatest stress happened with Mary and Joseph before, right before Jesus was born. Do you understand that? Like, would you say there was conflict in their home before Jesus was born? Would you agree with that? So, this Christmas season always adds more pressure on bad relationships. It makes them worse. You see what I'm talking about? More stresses. And so, the number one month for divorce is January because people go through the holidays and they're being stressed out. It's putting more and more tension on the relationships. And finally, after the holidays are over, they said, I'm done with this. It was the same situation in the very beginning. And we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to learn from the Christmas story today as we start this brand new series, Christmas Gifts. Today we're going to learn this. This is what we're going to learn. We're going to learn how to give the gift of a restored relationship. We're going to give the gift, not just receive it. We're going to learn to give that gift of a restored relationship. So, as we start this, I want to go ahead and get this right off. This is the thing that I want you to remember. If you don't remember, any, remember anything else, 
I want you to put your pens down. I want you to put your program down just a minute. I want you to free your hands because I want you to do this with me. Ready? Everybody got that down? Your hands free? Here we go. I want you to say these statements with me. You ready? We're going to do it like this. Here we go. Let's say it. Listen carefully. Speak slowly. Touch assuredly. Now let's try a little faster. You ready? Listen carefully. Speak slowly. Touch assuredly. All right. As we talk, as we, we repeat that today, I want you to use your hands, okay, each time, because you have to remember this because it will help you in your relationships. Let's jump right into where we are, where, what I want to talk to you about, and that is how to give the gift of restored relationship. And so the first thing I want you to write down is this. You ready? Listen carefully and react prayerfully. React, react prayerfully. We dive right into the Christmas story, and we find this, that Mary and Joseph are having a conflict. Okay, remember, it's right before Christmas, right? Right before the first Christmas, they got a problem. So most problems relationally are going to pop up through this time. So today, if you're in that, know that it's normal, so we're going to teach you how to deal with it. In Matthew 1 and 18, it says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with what? With child, right? She was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. I want to say this to you. When somebody drops a bomb on you like that, now wouldn't you say that's a bomb? Hey, Joseph, you know, you and I have never been together or nothing, but I just want you to know I'm pregnant. Joseph did, Joseph did not hear anything else. She said, I'm pregnant, and by the way, it's with the Holy Spirit. He did not hear the Holy Spirit part. All he heard was, hey, Joseph, I want you to know this great thing's happened. I'm going to have a baby. I'm pregnant. Now, I want to say this. When someone drops a bomb on you like that or some other way, I would dare to say that you don't ever hear them out either. Your mind, your mind, as soon as they say something that hits you right here, ooh. As soon as they say that, your mind fills in the blanks with all their motives and everything else, right? Would you agree with that? Mine does and yours does. And so here's what I want to tell you is that you have to remember that when someone says something to you, to listen carefully, are you going to miss the Holy Spirit part of that, all right? Now, let's move to the next verse. Let's look what happens. Here we go. In Matthew 1 and 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a what? What kind of man? Righteous man. He was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to what? To divorce her quietly. Now, that's amazing to me, okay? They're not really married, but he's going to... Listen, when you make a decision that you're going to divorce somebody before you marry them, that's pretty bad. <laughs> now, the reason it says divorce them because they were betrothed, and in biblical days, that meant that Actually, if you decided that you weren't going to go through with a marriage, it was like a legal separation you'd have to get, like a divorce, okay? So, here's the deal. The Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. Now, what does that mean? That means that Joseph, in public, acted right, right? I mean, if Joseph, if Joseph was a guy that was, you know, everybody knew him as the hothead, you think they would have called him the righteous man? No! They would have said, there goes that jerk down the street right there. Joseph the jerk. That's what we would have had in the Scripture right there. But Joseph was a righteous man. What did that mean? That means this. He knew how to act right in public. 
right? I mean, don't, don't you think that's a righteous dude because he knows how to act right in public? Now, here's what I want to say to you. Most of us in this room, I'm not going to say all of us, most of us in this room know how to act right in public. Okay? Now, don't nudge your husband, ladies, all right? I said most of us in this room know how to act right in public. We do. Matter of fact, most of us in this room know how to act right at church, and I want to thank you for that. Okay? <laughs> yes. But what I want to say is, is that most of us in this room, we know how to act right, but here's the deal. We have the same problem righteous Joseph had. You know what that is? We don't know how to react right, do we? We don't. How many of you, how many of you have ever said something you wish you had not said reacting to something? Anybody besides me? Yes. Yes. It's our reaction that, that causes us problems. Now look what the Bible says. In James 1 and 19 it says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to what? Listen and slow to what? And slow to become what? Angry. Now notice this. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Okay, so here's the deal. If you're going to listen carefully, you have to plan your reaction, all right? This is what I want to tell you. Now, you want to tune in here. Now, I hope that you'll keep this outline because this is going to save your tail. All right? I mean, it's that serious, all right? It's going to save you. Here we go. When you, when you and I are in it, when you and I overreact, that's when we get in problem. Or when we react on emotions, we get in trouble. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want you to prayerfully rethink with God about it before you react to it. Did you hear that? In other words, you've got to have a conversation. When somebody drops a bomb on you, baby... When somebody drops a bomb on you and something has come to you and, it, and you know what? It offends you, it makes you mad, it makes you whatever. You and I have to prayerfully, prayerfully rethink it with God before we react to it. Why is that? Because here's the deal. When you react on emotions, you regret it. But when you rethink it with God before you react to it, you're acting in wisdom. Now, Here's what Jesus did. I want to teach you this is what Jesus did when he was alive. Jesus was all the time in chaos. You know that? I mean, if you read the Bible, you will find that, man, he had controversy going on all the time. I mean, Jesus sometimes would go stir it up, you know? And this is what he did. He would go and he would have controversy. People would be like, you know, hey, he would say, like, you brood of vipers and whatever, and they would be at each other. And then Jesus would do this. He would detach himself from the situation and go away. Many times in the scripture you read this, Jesus withdrew. Notice that. He was detaching himself from the situation. Now here's the deal. Watch this. Here we go. Listen. You and I have this problem. Is that when somebody gets in our face, or our space, or drops something on us, we have, the majority of us have something inside of us that says, Oh yeah, your mama's ugly too. You know what I'm saying? We have, don't we? I mean, come on, don't we? Name-calling battles, whatever. We have, we have this thing to get back, right? So here's the deal. When you react on emotion, you breed regret. But when you detach yourself, 
which feels cowardly at times, doesn't it? I mean, come on, who wants to be a coward, right? Oh, you, you go on, you, matter of fact, you brag about what you told them, right? Oh, they said this to me, but let me tell you what I told them. Right? But when you detach yourself, you're using wisdom. And wisdom is what changes yourself. Now, this is what I want to talk to you about, okay? 21st century stuff. It used to be to where you, it was pretty easy to detach yourself from people, Right? Like husband and wives, you had it out maybe the night before or that morning you're arguing, but you both go to work. So when you go to work, guess what? You had this detachment, this automatic built-in detaching, right? Oh, but not anymore, do we? No, because we got our cell phones, baby, and people can chew you out all day through text message, can't they? Keep it stirred up all day. Da, 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 da. You know, da, 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 da. Used to, we just had the telephone and we could not answer, but now it's text message. Oh, and very immature people, very immature people decide to take their battle to Facebook. <laughs> Can I talk to you just a second? Okay, I want to talk to some mature people today. And if, you're, and if you've done this, it's a time to change that you can grow up. If you go through McDonald's and somebody gives you bad service, why do you got to tell the world? Oh, I was at McDonald's today. You know, this is bad service. I had to wait 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And you just let somebody, letting the whole world know. Let me just tell you something. Somebody is connected to that somebody, that somebody, and it's going to get back to them. And did you, you know, you just made yourself, you just lowered yourself. And listen, if you've got a fight in your family or your friends, don't go on Facebook and tell everybody what an idiot they are. Why? Because you're going to need to restore that relationship and you just made it a, a thousand times worse. Don't air your laundry on social media. Immature people do that. Let me say this. Ignorant people do that. Let me say it this way. Stupid people do that. You say, well, I've done that, Pastor. Well, listen, it's time to quit being stupid. And if I've offended you, I don't apologize because I'm trying to help you, right? All right, let's move on, okay? So you have to detach yourself from that. So what I want to tell you is, is I've, cre I've come up with something. Here it is. This, this can change your life. You ready? Tune in. Here we go. Look at me. Look at me. I've come up with a 24-hour rule. Whenever I have, I'm in a moment like that to where it's confrontational, I've learned to say this, okay, when someone comes and drops a bomb on me, it's confrontational. This is what I say. You've had some time to think about what you want to say to me. Would you please give me at least 24 hours to think about how I want to respond to you? Ain't that fair? Because usually what I would do is like, Oh, yeah, well, let me tell you something. Just like you do, because I don't have time to think it through, and I just react, and when I just react, I get in trouble, and relationships sabotage. So if you would just give me 24 hours to think about how I want to respond to you, if you will start practicing that, that will, that will, man, it will just make things so much better. Now, when Rhonda and I have our little talks, okay, you can call yours whatever you want to call them, some of you would call our talks fights or whatever, but anyways, I used to be the guy that like, I want to have it out right now. 
And I want you to, I'm going to tell you what I think. You tell me what you think. We're going to have it out right now. Well, Rhonda's not that way, you know. She just, what do you want me to say? I don't know, but you better say something. I'm mad. So here's the deal. Even with our marriage, we have decided this rule. When one of us comes and says something, and listen, and if you're married, you're going to have something come up several times a year, maybe a couple times a month, maybe a few times a week. It depends on how long you've been married. When it comes up, one of the other person is allowed to say, listen, I want to talk to you about this. But before I tell you this, I want you to know, I want to give you 24 hours to think about it before you respond to this. And so we say it, and then the other person gets 24 hours to think about it. Man, that has elevated our marriage. Why? Because we get to respond with wisdom and not just emotion. And so I want to challenge you to do that, all right? So on your connection card right now, well, matter of fact, let me give you the next verse because this is so powerful. Proverbs 14 says this. Proverbs 14 says, it is smart to be what? To be patient. It is stupid to what? Lose your temper. More relationships are destroyed over impatience than anything else. And so here's the next step. I hope that you'll check the box that you'll do this. If you check the box, you're going to remember this. When things come up, you're going to remember checking this box. So that's why I want you to check the box. It says, I will do my best to practice the 24-hour rule before I react to a difficult situation. Would you do that? That will help this Christmas season. Okay. Now, before we go to the second point, remember if you'll put your... Pencils, uh, pins down, your, your outlines down, free your hands because we got to do this together. You ready? Come on, this is going to help you. Here we go, let's do it together. You ready? Hands behind the ears. Listen carefully, speak softly, touch assuredly. All right, number two. Write this down. Watch what you say and stop the name calling. Mm -mm. Some of you wish you would have heard this last night, don't you? When God was calling Mary and Joseph, when the angel come, the angel, the thing that the angel did is the angel confronted them, both of them, with a greeting. Look at this, what happened. And Luke 1 and 21, it says, the angel went to her, speaking of Mary, and said the greeting, said, you are highly what? You are highly favored, the Lord is with you. See how the angel encouraged Mary before he dropped the bomb on her that, hey, you're going to be pregnant and there's no man going to be involved. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. Notice how he did that? Look at Joseph. Look how the angel did Joseph. Before Joseph had considered this, what did he consider? Before he considered divorcing the lady he had not married yet. Okay? Before he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of who? Son of David. Guess what? Joseph's daddy wasn't named David. His daddy was named Jacob. What was the angel doing? The angel was relating his bloodline back to King David. Remember? David and Goliath, King David, the lineage of David, the Messiah is going to come through. He was, he was pointing it back, saying, you are somebody. You are somebody. So when the angel, see, the angel had to correct Joseph too, right? Because Joseph said, I'm done with you and, and all this stuff. And, but the angel said, no, no, you're not. But before he corrected him, he said, Joseph, son of David. He elevated him. Notice that. Watch this. Would you agree with me that if we're being real today, that Joseph, when Mary said, 
Uh, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Do you agree with me that Joseph probably did not respond with, oh, you holy one? (laughs) No! Do you think Joseph said, what have you done? You've been running around. You've been cheating. You loose woman, you, you know? You, you, you. I can't say anymore. I'll say something I shouldn't. He began to call her name. Would you agree with that? I get, I get why he's human, right? He, he doesn't react. He's a righteous man in public. He knows how to act, but his reactions are wrong. That's why he overreacted, and he started calling her names. I guarantee you that we're not pretty names. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I mean, listen, guys, if, if your wife come home and said, hey, I'm, or your girlfriend come home and said, hey, I'm with child, but, you know, you and I haven't been together, you're like, oh, yeah, I know you was messing around with, with Fred down the street. See what I'm talking about? Joseph, I guarantee you, called her names. But not only did Joseph call her names, people in Joseph's village, Mary's family, I guarantee you, called Joseph names. Because when Mary told mom and daddy that she was pregnant and it was the Holy Spirit, they didn't hear Holy Spirit either. They looked at Joseph and said, you sorry dog, you've been messing around with our girl. Come on now, do you agree with that? So they called him all, they called him everything but a mama's boy. Now this is what I want to say to you. The memory verse that we have this week can help you. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, the tongue has the power of what? Life and death. Now here's what I want to say. Shaming, blaming, complaining, and making others feel guilty never changes behavior. Okay, did you hear that? Shaming, blaming, complaining, never, and making other people feel guilty, never changes behavior. Watch this. Look at me just a second. Look at me. Everybody, look at me. Making people feel bad never makes them want to do good. Did you hear that? Come on, I don't care what relationship you're in. Making people feel bad never makes them want to do good. It just doesn't work. And by the way, let me just say, those of you that are here today, that maybe you're a parent, a grandparent, or, or maybe you're an uncle or aunt, or you're a teacher, or, or you're, you're an employer, and you have people, you're, you're best friend of people, and you have people that are looking up to you. I want to say this, the more authority, the more moral authority you have over someone, the more your words have weight. What does that mean? That means this, is that when you say something to someone who looks up to you, who's around, and how do you know they look up to you? They're hanging around you, right? They live in the house with you. Those people, when you say stuff to them, you may say something flippantly, you may say, you're an idiot. You're just an idiot. You know, only idiots would do stuff like that. When you say that to them, it just flies off your tongue and it's done, it's out. You know, you're like, you're no good. You laugh it off. You're like, oh, no big deal. But that person lives with that the rest of their life. I'm just going to ask you something. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you sitting here today that somebody along the way said something to you Said, you're, you're ugly. You know, you're, you're, you're dumb. You're not smart enough. You're this, you're that, you're clumsy. All, whatever. 
They said that, and you still to this day have that thought going on that you struggle with. If we're all honest today, every one of our hands would go up. Amen? Amen. So here's what I want to tell you. Is that you have to let it go. The way that you overcome this is that you have to let it go. You see, we have to learn to... Oh, here's an SEC saying. I almost forgot it. An SEC saying. If you don't like what you're seeing in other people, watch what you're saying to other people. Guys, if you're telling your wife, you know what, you're never in a romantic with me. You know, you're never this, you're never that. Guess what? If you're always saying that, that's what you're always going to get. And ladies, if you're always nagging on your husband and saying, you know, you don't ever spend no time with me. You don't ever do this. You know, da, da, da. And you're constantly, guess what? You are a prophet to your future. If you don't like what you're seeing, you watch what you're saying. And your spouse and your kids and your friends, everything else, you watch what you're saying. So you listen to what you say. And become a prophet of the future. You know, I got this right one time. One time. I've screwed it up thousands of times. My son, when he was graduating high school, he was struggling. It was just one of those times of struggle. And you know, he was, he was getting a job and, and uh, it, things weren't working out. And you know, he was like at that crossroads of life. And he just said to me, you know, my problem is, I guess, Dad, I'm just lazy. Because I was talking to him about where he was in life. I guess my problem is I'm just lazy. And what he did was he just threw me a fastball right down the middle. And when he did, you know what? When somebody throws you something and sets you up for the home run, baby, you got to, you know what I'm talking about? This one's going out of the park. Out of the park. Well, thank God, God did a miracle in me. And somehow did not let me respond like I normally would. And I remember saying this, son, you're not lazy. We just got to work on this. Because as soon as I give, as soon as I empowered laziness in his life, it would excuse him. And every time he would have said, I'm lazy. You see what I'm talking about? Now again, I missed it many, I've screwed up many other times, but this time I got it right. And from that point on, I watched him begin to develop confidence and I would encourage him, you know, and work and so forth. And he just really, he does great. He's a great employee. He's always on time. He has a great job now. He's doing fantastic because I was able to catch myself that one time. Why don't you catch yourself? Ask God to help you. You know, you had, the way you overcome the stuff that people said about you is you have to remember what God says about you. I wrote this down for myself. Listen to what God says about you, not what others have said about you. If you want to grow and you want to move beyond the words of other people, stop replaying the tapes. Some of you people are dead that said stuff about you or to you that you'd never be, and they're still controlling your life because you keep hitting the rewind button, the replay button. Listen, the way you stop hitting that button is you remember what God has said about you. My friend Brandon Keller says this. He says, you know what? It's okay to have a past. Just don't let your past have you. Amen? Don't let it have you. How does it have you? When you keep hitting the replay button. Look what the Bible says about you, by the way. In Romans 8 and 35, Paul writes this. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, danger or sword? No. 
In all these things, no matter what people have said about me, what I used to be, they talk about my past, they've labeled me. No, in all these things, we are more than what? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, I don't care who told you that you were stupid. I don't care who told you you never be anything. I don't care who told you you were ugly. I don't care who, who told you that, you know, you would have never amount to anything, that you couldn't go to college or, or you couldn't have the, the position because you weren't bright enough. I don't care who said all that about you because it doesn't matter what they say. It matters what he says. And what God says about you is this. You're not a loser. You're an overcomer. And you can do more than you ever imagined because he's going to strengthen you. And the way he strengthened you. It says, I love you. I believe in you. And you are more than a conqueror. Amen? Come on, let's give him a hand. You're more than a conqueror. You're not a zero. I don't care if everybody in your family got a divorce. I don't care, you know, if, if everybody in your family is a crook. I don't care what kind of bad name you got. You can overcome, it through, overcome that through Jesus Christ. You don't have to accept that. You don't have to live with that stigma. No, you rise up in the name of Jesus and you realize who you are. And listen, you can say all kinds of things about me, friend, and that's your problem. But I know who I am. I'm saved. I'm under the blood of Jesus Christ and I'm empowered by His Spirit. Amen. Man, listen, you, you're going to be in the public eye, you better have some thick skin. People say all kinds of things about you, right? If I listened to everything everybody said about me, I would go crawl under a rock somewhere. But let me tell you something, I know who I am in him, amen? One more thing, i got to move on. You see, people talk about you, you know why? Because once you start going up in Christ like many of you are, you're going up in God, and guess what? They don't like you up there because, you know, they say, you know, they live down here. So they say, you know what? They try to bring you down to where they are. Why? Because they don't want to go up to where you are. So they'll say, you know what? It's okay to go out to the bars, guys. It's okay to go out, you know, and flirt around a little bit. It's okay. It's okay to go out and do this stuff. It's okay to do that. They will tell you it's okay to do everything. Why? Because they know to go where you are, they got to give up to go up. And here's the deal. You're reaping the rewards of living up here. They're down here struggling with all this. Why do you want to get marriage advice by somebody that's been divorced ten times? Telling you how to live. Oh, you ought to come on down here. It's fun. No, it ain't fun. If it was fun, you know what? You wouldn't be divorced fifteen times. Okay, I'll move on. I can see the looks. <laughs> so the next step is I will, re I will replay what God says about me in His Word instead of what others have said about me. Will you take that step? All right, let's say this. You ready? Come on. Hands free. Here we go. Listen carefully, speak slowly, and touch assuredly. Number three. Oh, this is so big. Ask for forgiveness and forgive with a touch of assurance. Now, before you men check out on me and say, well, that's a sissy statement right there. There's power in what I'm about to tell you. Matter of fact, some of your relationships are struggling right now because you said, you ain't touching me. And let me tell you something, as long as you're not touching each other, you can't get well. In the business world today, there's a guy by the name of Ken Blanchard who's writing about this even in the business world. You know, that at work, he says this, when you have a confrontation or at school, when you have a confrontation with someone, that you're to say, you know, you're to address the issue, but before you leave that room, you are to touch that person, shake their hand, pat them on the back or something, because there's something about a touch that says, I still believe in you even though we had a problem. See what I'm talking about? 
And I don't care how manly you are, whatever you, you know, how macho you think you are. Listen, I'm telling you that there's something about a touch that rejuvenates a relationship that assures relationships. And we see it in the scripture here in this Christmas story. Look what it says. Because Joseph, his, Joseph her husband, was a righteous man, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Now, we got to that point. Now, watch this next point. Would you read out loud these next four words with me? Come on, you ready? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your, uh, home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Okay, three things had to happen here. The first thing that had to happen, Joseph had to go back and talk to Mary, right? I mean, he didn't call her a loose woman. He didn't call her all these names. And you think when he went back to talk to Mary and he just simply said, Mary, you know what? God came in a dream to me last night and we're okay. What do you think she said? Go take a hike. If he would have come in that way, so here's, I want, to, I want to give you the three most powerful words in reconciling relationships. Are you ready? Here they are. They are not, I love you. Those are not the most reconciling words. Here they are. Are you ready? I was wrong. I know some of you just went, whoa. Some of you have never said that in your life. I want to help you tonight, get free, today, get free. You ready? On the count of three, I want you to say out loud. I don't want you to whisper it. I want you to say it in a loud tone. I want you to say, I was wrong. Just practice it one time because you've probably not ever been wrong in your life, but maybe one time you may be in the next couple of years, all right? Here we go. You ready? One, two, three. I was wrong. Now, don't look at your spouse right now. Don't look at them, okay? But that's the first time I've ever heard you say that. And they got excited. I was wrong. You see, what happened is that they had to have a restored relationship through forgiveness and forgiving. Joseph came in and said, okay, Mary, I do not, the angel said, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Go back and tell Mary that you was wrong. And he said, I had to tell uh, Mary, don't be afraid to forgive Joseph because he was a jerk. Yes, he was. And then, guess what? Then the Bible says, take them home and marry. What did that mean? That meant that they would touch together. Now listen, hear me out, okay? That doesn't, they did not have sexual union. They did not have sex together. They did not do that until after Jesus was born. So here's the other deal. You know what? When you give in a touch, it does not mean you go to the bedroom. Married people. It just means that you give a touch of affection and say, I hear you. And so... Every makeup does not have to end in the bedroom. You see what I'm talking about? It changes everything because it's of the heart. And so I want to share this with you. There's a picture of a cross that's coming up right now. God knew, God knew that this needed to be the case. So the cross, you see the cross, you see, would you agree that there is a beam going vertical like this? Do you agree with that? You see that cross behind me? You agree? Shake your head, yes. Okay. Then you see a beam that's going out horizontal like this. You see that right? Here's what the cross is all about. Is that God has to touch us vertically. That's what Jesus being on the cross is all about. Is God come through him to touch us. God has to touch us vertically. Our relationship with God has to be right. When we are forgiven by God, then we can touch horizontally. See that? As a follower of Jesus Christ, you are at an advantage of moving on with your relationships more than anybody else because here's the deal, is that as God forgives you, 
you can forgive others. You cannot give what you have not received. Jesus said it this way. Jesus practiced. Remember him on the cross? And his relationship with God is, is just vertically. And then it goes horizontal. Look what he said. Jesus said this in Matthew. Uh, Luke, I'm sorry. Luke 23 and 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. You see that? In order for you to be forgiven, you have to have a connection with Almighty God. You have to say, God, forgive me. And Lord, thank you for forgiving me. And once you have received forgiveness, you can give forgiveness. Once you have, once you have forgiven, have been forgiven, then you can give forgiveness. Your relationships will always struggle if there's not a vertical first and then a horizontal. This is what I want to do today. Some of you today need to get it right with God. If the truth of the matter is known is that you've been messing around. And you not messing around it like in your marriage, but I'm just saying it with sin. There's some of you today that just need to ask God to save you. Number one, you need to just get it right this way as far as Jesus coming into your life. There's other of you that need, just need to get it right this way because you've been living in sin. You've been doing things you know that God doesn't want you to do. And you can't have, when your relationship's messed up this way, it's always going to be messed up this way. So right now, I want you to bow your heads with me. We're going to, I want you to repeat a prayer after me. Everyone, I'd like for everyone in this room to repeat this prayer after me. Okay, everyone, so out loud. Ready, your heads are bowed. Repeat this after me. Dear God, come on, loud. Dear God, thank you for sending your son to die for my sins that I can be forgiven I receive your forgiveness today dear God come into my life cleanse me make me whole God so that I may be able to forgive others Dear God, help me to listen carefully, speak slowly, and touch assuredly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Today, you, go ahead, as a matter of fact, go ahead and stand with me, if you will. And if you made a decision to become a Christ follower before you leave today, I pray that you will check on the back of your connection card that I made this decision today. Our prayer team is coming forward. If you would like to just come, right, and kneel and just get before God today to just straighten something out, then I want to encourage you to do that. Come on, let's do it as they come and sing. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at 
S-C-C-V-I-E-W.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.